This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Starting tomorrow night, five straight nights of ACC football in prime time. We have State Connecticut. That's one of two primetime games tomorrow night. Louisville and Georgia Tech in primetime on Friday night, which uh, there's some intrigue there a little bit. We'll talk about it. Uh, You've got um, Carolina and South Carolina Saturday night. Sunday night is Florida State and LSU, and then Monday night, uh, the battle at Wallace Wade between Duke and Clemson. And we're going to start... Not necessarily talking about that game, but talking about one of Duke's players with my friend Chip Patterson, who joins us every Wednesday here to talk college football and more. He joins us on the Adam Gold Show, Smiling Chip. Uh, All right, I have beef, not with you, but with Tom Fernelli. Oh, excellent. QB power rankings have really stirred up Adam Gold. Yes. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, this will be good. I can't wait to see where he has... Uh, Riley Leonard ranked because I think he's a top five quarterback in the country. If he played for a team not named Duke, some a team that might have a chance to win nine or ten games, I think he would be in the top five. I don't know that if you put him in Chapel Hill that he wouldn't be right where Drake May is. I think that highly of Riley Leonard. Like, not even in the top ten, not even in honorable mention categories? Does Tom know that Duke plays football? Tom is a big supporter of Mike Elko and the Duke football movement. And I think I don't think so. Listen, there has got to be a difference between I like Riley Leonard. Right. I love the tools. I love the talent. Um, you know, the the scouts eye, the the NFL eye, the buzz that has been created is created by a lot of people who honestly don't watch a lot of college football outside of cutups doing player evaluation. The player eval of Riley Leonard is outstanding and what is really driving a lot of the hype. I think that you know what we saw with our eyes is certainly something that makes us excited about it, but I don't think, like if I even had to power rank him in the ACC, Riley Leonard is in the conversation for number three, but he doesn't crack top two for me. So if oh, you know he's, he's got Jordan he's Travis second at for eight, me. Okay, well, all right. Jordan Travis is at eight in Tom's rankings. So, right. you know, where where is he fit? You know, if all of a sudden he comes out and he's able to avoid So apparently I have beef with you. Why? For the first time. I'm whatever. I'm trying to create controversy here, Chip. Uh look, I I think incredibly highly of him. I think he is these are not pro prospects, right? These are just how are you as a college quarterback? I think he's a phenomenal. College 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, but 7.6 yards per attempt is somewhat middling. Yeah. His uh, 141 passer rating is about like fifth or sixth in the ACC last season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there is a lot to evaluate about Riley Leonard and be excited. I right. think that the entire body of work, if we're talking about the best quarterbacks in the country, there's another step. And guess what? A lot of people believe that another year with Kevin Johns, with a lot of the same skill players, will lead to another step for this Duke offense. I'm not satisfied. Uh, it's fine. Chip Patterson is with us here. <laughs> he is every Wednesday. All right. Uh, let's get to we'll, – we'll, we'll go in sort of chronological order. Uh, we'll start with State. 
uh, State at UConn. Should that's right on the CBS Sports Network. I actually have to find out. Uh, do we know who the play-by-play voice is for that for that game? Uh, go, go ahead and start your uh, start your question. I'll be able to pull it up pretty right. quick. Um, honestly, is there is there reason to worry if you are the Wolfpack? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Not for an outright law. Like that, I don't. I do not think they're going to go to Connecticut and lose the game. Okay. But Connecticut has something. Yeah. It's, it's it's fast. No, no, no. But it's they have a quarterback. They did not have a quarterback. They had a player who played the quarterback position last year, but. He did a lot of running around, not a lot of throwing, but now they actually have a quarterback. But here's the thing for UConn. I could be excited for you that you have a quarterback right. going up against one of the best secondaries, not just in the ACC. Right. You're going up against one of the better secondaries at the power conference level. Yeah. And you're going to have Davin Van and the rest of this defensive line just clawing down on you. <laughs> this defense is going to make it so NC State will win the game. But especially with Notre Dame on deck, how the offense performs against a well-coached defense, that's the big takeaway. Yeah, my my fear, it's not just about this game, it's about all year, is that Dave Doran will have a hard time untethering himself from the offense and letting the offense go. Because as much as he's talked about letting the offense good, like, they, uh, Robert and I and uh, Brennan Armstrong, they're going to go do their thing. They don't have awesome skill players. I mean, they've no, no, nobody proven anyway. Um, I think there's talent there, but uh, you know, Penix can be a dynamite tight end, and they can use him in a lot of different ways. But I haven't – I want to see the philosophy altered, and that's what I'm looking for. And I said this last year when they had Devin Leary and a lot of people that they knew, right? Like, are you going to let the offense go? And Dave just couldn't bring himself to let it happen. I hope he lets it happen because I think this. Uh, I think they could do some cool things. And I think the first game, even though it's not a slam dunk that you could just show up and win, I think the first game should allow you the ability to do that, knowing that your defense can bail you out. That's why you have a great defense. I think it'll be um, – I, I think they will have baked in – so, like, the first 15 plays, I think, will be probably creative. Sure. And then we'll see how those go. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like, like I, I think that uh, the expectation is the evolution. You know, that's I'm using Dave Doran's words. I've been looking to evolve over the last couple of seasons, and this gave me an opportunity. Um, the evolution, I think, will be present in the way that it's scripted. So then we'll see how they go and if there's a course correction or if they decide to double down. I just think that with Robert and I's track record, which we have to extend beyond Virginia and Syracuse, we're talking like, what, a 30-year coaching yeah. veteran? Somebody who's got like good BYU offenses you know, under, 
under his uh, his belt. It, it, all different kinds of conferences, all different kinds of levels of competition. You you just have to give some respect here that even if he's not doing what Brennan Armstrong was doing at Virginia when he had Keaton Thompson and uh, Zacchaeus Alamide. Was it was it Alamid? Sure, Alamid Olamide. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Oh, man, I forgot how to pronounce Don't his name. Don't accuse me of watching Virginia football. Listen, uh, I think that you there is going to be some confidence that Robert and I, yeah. even if those first 15 don't go well, is going to be able to, to adjust on the fly because even he has not had the same offense at all his different stops. And I'll just go ahead and be the 14th person uh, to go ahead and just drop this one, but I'm excited about KC Concepcion. You all right? Right. Charlotte kid, yeah, you know, a little bit overlooked in the recruiting process. Picks NC State over UNC. A lot of buzz in the uh, in fall camp about where what he's going to be. So that's uh, that's probably my my big player to watch. Because like you, I I've got a a high floor assumption that Penix can be steady when he's healthy. Yeah, uh, I think that Houston has a good chance to have somewhat of a redemption year after kind of getting pushed to the side with it in the overall rotation. And I do think that Brendan Armstrong um, is going to be able to find his own redemption after a really disappointing season last year. But the, the NC state defense is just so good mm-hmm. that I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize NC state if no. there aren't enough trick plays, creative oh, no, I plays. I don't need trick plays. plays. I, I need, I need a go for it philosophy. I don't need gadgets. I don't need double reverses. I don't need flea flickers. I, I don't need that's the criticism. That's like when Virginia fans are popping up and saying like, you know, Robert and I will also make you want to pull your hair out. Like they start referencing all these different plays because, you know, Brendan Armstrong threw for 400 yards a game. The right. offense had a billion yards per game. Virginia still left a couple out there. I'm sure they did. And Virginia, you know, some of the blame gets put, uh, Put it in nice feet when he tries to get too cute on third and goal. For oh, example. that'll be that he'll fit right in. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, let me start start on the defensive side for UNC. Um, where are the trouble areas for the Tar Heels? Again, not we we know that they just, they weren't good. Uh, we know that Gray is an outstanding linebacker. I still don't know if they have a difference maker on the defensive line. Uh, so if South Carolina is effective, how is it going to look? It's number three, um, and it's going to be the problem of when all you see is Wells Jr., because you're seeing the back of him yep. as Juice Wells is running away for another touchdown. Uh, they've got an all-American like an all American candidate at wide receiver named Antoine Wells. They call him Juice. And Juice Wells had almost 1,000 yards last year. Like, Adam, I honestly believe we're talking about someone by the end of the year, he will be in that line of succession from Alshon Jeffrey to Debo Samuel to Juice Wells. Of his 1,920-some-odd yards receiving last year, 555 were after the catch. So tell me, (laughs) if you are a North Carolina fan and you just found out that there's somebody who's really shifty and tough to bring down, (laughs) you've been watching your defense try to bring down players in the open field how confident are you that this yards after catch, a.k.a. yak, that this yak machine is not going to take a whole bunch of Spencer Rattler's four-yard passes and turn them into 40-yard touchdowns? This is a huge, yeah. huge problem. 
from North Carolina's defense, one that I'm sure Gene Chizik has circled. I mean, he's Gene Chizik is very well aware of where number three is going to be, but they're going to move him all around in that offense. And South Carolina has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield is now with Matt Rule at Nebraska. Some have argued it might be an upgrade for Shane Beamer yep. and being able to get him out of town. So I am looking at uh, Juice Wells. I think it's going to have a huge game. Can you limit what he's able to do? Because it could be one of those spots where, I mean, like, don't NC State fans have an old Debo Samuel nightmare? Oh, absolutely. Just, like, no, was it State fans or was it Car- – I might have been State fan or Carolina. One of the two locals got Deboed. Yeah, it, I I think that this is a this is a real concern for North Carolina's defense because whether it's pass defense or whether it's open field tackling, you know, being sound in all of those areas, these are a bunch of weaknesses that have been on the on the card for this North Carolina defense. And it do, South Carolina does have a really special player who could take advantage of that. Uh, by the way, North Carolina's two and a half point favorite. That's a very low num- low number, uh, and I always get back to this when it comes to UNC. This is a bright lights game, and it's game one, but it's a bright lights game, and their history in bright lights games, not good, and that's a major, major concern uh, for me. Let me ask you about Florida State and LSU. So these two teams met at the beginning of the year. It was not a great football game. Florida State won. I think LSU, what, did they miss an extra point or a field goal or something at the end? It was a a game-tying extra point was blocked. Because they forgot to pick up an assignment off the edge. Yeah, yes. it was. But it was ultimately it was a football game played by two name brand schools that really weren't ready at that point to be any good. At by the end of the season, LSU did look good. By the end of the season, Florida State, at least their record, looked good. Which was legitimate? Which of those two was legitimately good, and now are both legitimate contenders? LSU was legitimately good at the end of last year against their competition, no asterisk needed. Right. Florida State was legitimately good compared to where Florida State had been. LSU beat Alabama. Mm -hmm. LSU was able to, I mean, they got thumped by Tennessee and they choked it away against Texas A&M. They are not imperfect but they went out there and they were able to win high scoring games. They were able to win low scoring games, you know, win ugly, win pretty the, throughout the SEC schedule. And the one that LSU has to maintain, I, I think that LSU was legitimately good at the end of last season. I think Florida State was just so much better than where they had been that that's why the hype is in part powered by the intrigue, by us wanting to see yeah. that next step. 0-3 against ranked opponents. 10-0 against unranked opponents, but 0-3 <laughs> against ranked opponents. You know, the Florida game was closer than it should have been. The Oklahoma game was closer than it should have been. Now, who has a better chance to be a contender? I think neither for a national championship. I think Florida State is closer to an ACC championship than LSU might be for a an SEC championship, and I'll tell you where the difference is. Two wide receiver rooms in this game oh, are both going to have tremendous advantages across uh, against the secondaries. LSU is not DBU this year. The secondary, for the first time in a long time, is a red flag. And Florida State's fine. You know, they're, they're right. pretty good. You know, you go get Fentrell Cypress from the transfer portal from Virginia, but 
going up against Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, and the rest of these LSU wide receivers, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a problem. And don't forget Keon Coleman, the kid from Michigan State who came over after spring practice. That guy is a day one starter. Yep. Him and Johnny Wilson on either side, it's going to be really tough for LSU to keep up. So in a game that I think is going to have the potential for a lot of big explosive plays through the pass game, which of these two quarterbacks is going to be able to get it done? Because Jane Daniels sometimes holds on to the ball too long, doesn't always do a great job with pressure. He has great rushing numbers, but that's because sometimes he holds on for too long and then has to go off and run. Jordan Travis, good mobility, you know, does a lot of good work within the framework of that Mike Norvell offense. But can he just make some really tough throws into one-on-one -on -one situations to go and give those wide receivers a chance to go and make a play? Whichever one of these quarterbacks delivers when they've got the opportunity, they're going to be the one to win. So it sounds to me like you're picking the third best quarterback in the ACC, Jordan Travis, uh, behind Riley Leonard, uh, to maybe beat the ninth-ranked quarterback on Tom Fornelli's list. Yeah, I, I, I have decided that I'm picking Florida State in mm. this game. And uh, Did Danny Cannell buy you off? No, LSU okay. just has more bad vibes. Okay. All right, no, I'm uh, good. Today, I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah just, I mean, I, I don't need to run down at all, but, you know, Mason Smith is going to be suspended. He's their best defensive lineman. John Emery, who was supposed to be part of their running back room and was a former five-star recruit. This is going to be the third straight year he's unavailable for the season opener. And, you know, it's it's not like a nefarious off-field issue. I'll just say that right. sometimes you just don't have all your paperwork in on time. Sometimes you've got a difficulty, you know, lining the letters up in the right places. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I yeah, remember so John John Bunting used to come on the show every Monday, and the first time uh, they had a disappointing result, he would say, we just couldn't get lined up to correctly, and I couldn't imagine why a head coach would tell me that. Like, we couldn't get lined up correctly. What? I mean, practice, right? You should, yeah, you so should work on that in practice. Whether it's an academic suspension, which right. is disappointing, or the suspension for Mason Smith. Have you heard about this? No, I so have he, not. All right. A violation for sign for selling an autograph for an autograph signing, but the NCAA is saying because it happened in the pre NIL era and not oh, after geez. NIL was legal, he has to serve a suspension. It gets worse. He was injured all of last year, tore his ACL going into the season. They say we can't count any of that time for your suspension because you were injured. We have to find a game where you are healthy and then make you sit for that one. So, and this is honestly the second best defensive player for LSU. Massively disappointing he's not going to play in this game for the dumbest rules. If he does the exact same thing right now, tomorrow, it's NIL and it's perfectly right. legal. But because it happened two years ago, it is a one-game so, suspension. And it, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. So the NCAA is applying the rules to this situation before they changed. But in the Tez Walker situation... They are applying the rules after the fact as opposed to the time he transferred to UNC when the rule when there wasn't a restriction on second transfers. Is that true? 
you have uh, you have it lined up correct Thank and you. you should be as angry as everybody else is. I mean well, it's I don't I can't fathom why the NCAA doesn't have any common sense. None. Like there should be somebody in an in an office like the common sense desk. Does this make sense to you, Alex? And Alex could go, "No, this doesn't make sense. Let the kid play." But they don't have a common sense desk. In Indianapolis, it is they a should lovely be an office. Enforcement officer, go sit with Tez Walker's family. It's just gross. The whole thing is uh, gross. All right, uh, v- final thing for you uh, before I have to say goodbye to Chip Patterson uh, is: Would you go watch? Let's just say North Carolina, South Car- Carolina in a movie theater. Let's just say the Rialto uh, in downtown Raleigh. Would you go watch North Carolina, South Carolina in a, in a movie theater? Uh, and what candy? Uh, would be appropriate for something like this? Well, for North Carolina, South Carolina, we naturally would have uh, fireworks and other homemade <laughs> explosives <laughs> for a game that is definitely going to be decided in the 30s. Um, but I, I know uh, Hayes would not allow such things no. in the reality. He runs a clean shop We're going to talk to Hayes did, later. I did watch the U.S. Women's National Team, their opener. Uh, I did go down to the Rialto to uh, to watch that with a – theater full of friends it was a it was a great experience i'm very excited about all that so yeah the acc's deal to put um to put football games in movie theaters let's go uh sign me up my movie theater i'm i'm a little bit boring i still like your traditional uh popcorn but if i'm really gonna indulge i'm either junior mints or the oversized box of butterfingers where you get approximately like 12 servings of Butterfingers. I mean, they got the mini Butterfingers, but it's a box full of them. Why in the world am I having 450% of my saturated fats for the week in a two and a half hour movie? I don't need all those Butterfingers, but I'm going to eat them. Yeah, Junior Mints, those go fast too. Uh, They're also dangerous in surgery for the Seinfeld fans out there. Uh, All right, Chip Patterson, I appreciate your time, man. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.